Hi, welcome to the fourth episode of Voice to Tech Podcasts by Porto Tech Hub. Today we are going to talk about blockchain and our guests will explore this topic are Miguel Marques for Porto Blockchain Community Group, a community that was recently created that wants to be a hub for people and to share products and ideas. And Adi Benari, founder and CEO at Applied Blockchain, one of the companies that is part of Porto Tech Hub. So to start, I would like to ask you, what is blockchain for you? And we can start by you, Miguel. Oh, uh, blockchain for me, um, it's, um, it started uh, with Bitcoin and it's the name for the ledger where Bitcoin transactions are written. And this is, uh, this is the origin of the blockchain uh, term. And um, basically in 2015, um, uh, the media started to introduce blockchain in order to uh, to don't have to say anything about Bitcoin. So blockchain now it's it's a technology, yes, but it's um, uh, it's a technology that uh, allows people to record information uh, in a way uh, and store information in a way that cannot be changed without uh, a community agreement on on the, on those changes. And I, I don't want um, I don't want to I I think uh, uh, it has many many possible um, interpretations and it's it's uh, extensive technology that uh, allows um, uh, to build uh, this kind of this kind of rules allow us to build uh, mostly institutions above this information that cannot be changed. True. What about you, Hadi? What do you think? What is blockchain for you? Uh, for me, blockchain is, uh, is, is group security. Okay, so it's basically a, a group of part parties uh, looking after the historical records uh, instead of just one party looking after them. Uh, and I think uh, it, it's, not data, it's not about protecting data. It doesn't uh, prevent access to data or make that any more secure. It just prevents histories from being changed. And it's a group instead of one party, so that has lots of implications. If you if you have a big group, then you can trust it, most likely, depending on on its incentives. And then on top of that, we can build a storage of value that parties can trust to exchange between each other peer to peer. On top of that, we can build applications with those assets and so on. No, that's great. So it's not only about integrity; it's also about traceability. Right? Yeah, it, it makes yeah. sense. Okay, so yeah, you were talking about applications. What are the good applications and good application examples and uh, bad examples of blockchain? I don't know who wants to go first, but I, I would like to hear a bit from it. Yeah, I, I don't mind starting. So um, on the, you know, if you think about group security, first of all, you have to have a meaningful group. So if you've got a group which is uh, where they're all friends and, and uh, they will maybe bribe each other or pay each other or collude, uh, to 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 undermine the security, then it then it becomes meaningless. You lose the security, right? So so first of all, you have to have a group, a meaningful group of parties who are incentivized in the right way to to make the system more secure. Otherwise, 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 there's no point. Um, but then the application, and, and that's why we see, by the way, we see many large companies experimenting with blockchain and not really succeeding because they want to own the solution or it's just a small number of big players who in any case could collude to undermine it and so on. That's why we're seeing 
public blockchains uh, like Bitcoin and Ethereum and all these other ones that have emerged since then, I think um, really take, take over uh, and become a, you know, much more hubs for the innovation uh, to take place. Uh, but in terms of applications, the first thing is that the blockchain, uh, you know, the, 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 the main application is a, a registry of asset ownership. So, no, so being able to have digital assets and knowing which account or who they belong to. If the blockchain is not being used as an asset registry, or if you're dealing with an asset where, where the, ownership, the ownership record lives outside the blockchain, then I would question whether you need to use blockchain at all for an application. Uh, so the first thing is as an asset registry. Digitally native assets like Bitcoin and ETH on Ethereum or the ERC, you know, the, the ERC20 tokens that people create or NFTs. Uh, these are assets which live on the blockchain. Uh, and then when, when, when it's the asset registry and it's a secure, it's a more secure asset registry because it's secured by a group and it's digital uh, and we have money on the platform as well, which is another type of asset. That money could be the cryptocurrencies or it could be a stable coin, which represents a fiat currency like a US dollar or a euro. So if we have money and the assets on the same ledger, then we can, we can trade with each other. And we can trade, we can buy and sell and trade assets. I can give you the money, you can give me the asset, and we do that in one transaction. We don't need two different systems, a banking system, and, and to exchange the assets somewhere else through lawyers. We can do everything in one place. And that's, that's super efficient. That's something that we can't do today in the real world, in the business world. And, and, and so the different applications are really about different types of assets that we can bring into that environment. And with NFTs, we start to see that with art and we see it with collectibles. And we're, we're working with companies doing this with real world assets uh, for financing, where people are experimenting with real estate and with uh, supply chain finance and all sorts of different types of assets. Uh, but that, that's what it is at the end of the day. Yeah, makes sense. Miguel, do you want to share good examples and bad examples of blockchain in your perspective? Good examples, and uh, I think um, blockchain introduces a new way of working and of thinking because uh, we work without borders. Uh, and basically, uh, what blockchain uh, it's, it's another of, of its features is to uh, create a world and or many worlds without borders, and that allows us to create uh, decentralized communities that are uh, that spread and that. Uh, they have a critical mass to interact with with each other, even if they if the the critical mass doesn't have to be in, on one place. Uh, maybe um, uh, some years ago, uh, in, when I started uh, in Puerto, there was no um, there was no critical mass, and we always um, gather uh, in forums, international forums, to to have that, and it's very important. So the applications, uh, I would say it, it, these, these questions are very open because we are, we are going to use blockchain for everything. We're just uh, starting with layers. And the first layer, it's uh, financial applications that, that started in 2016, 17, but mostly um, uh, 2018. And, um, and uh, then we had NFTs that... Um, that the starting to decentralize the art market and um, and we'll have many other features just uh, inside of nfts that we are now used to 
to see as um, as uh, for uh, art uh, digital art, uh, we are going to see uh, NFTs also to as um, keys to open locks uh, to open doors. So we we are going to put um, a lot of uh, information that it's unique information stored in NFTs. Uh, uh, owners' rights uh, we are going to be stored in the NFTs. So we're just starting. To to foresee the, the uses that we're going to put on NFTs. So, um, so but we can uh, we can imagine that we are going to decentralize all all institutions in society. So um, we just have to have critical mass to go one after the other. So uh, the first one to have critical mass was the financial institutions, and now the NFTs started to have critical mass, and everybody goes to see what it is. So, and I think uh, every year or every two years, we'll see uh, different uses where uh, explosions of uh, um, of uh, attention are gathering those in those uh, new proposals. True. True. Yeah. You and also you mentioned Porto. Porto is being a very important uh, player in tech in general. Uh, what is happening in Porto about blockchain? Uh, how is this technology evolving in our ecosystem? You you can start. Well, what I see happening in Porto uh, in terms of blockchain technology, it's what uh, it happens also in society is that uh, people are mixing, people people come from abroad and they started to work with other people that are also abroad in other places. People not, don't need to, to, to meet uh, and they can work um, uh, anybody in, in many different parts of the world. So, and uh, this is like very, very blockchain also. Uh, so uh, what happened is that we had uh, two years of COVID, so we don't know. In two years, many things change, and uh, and I, we don't know the city anymore. I know that there are many companies here. There are people working for many companies, I think, but we don't really have a place to, to meet, and uh, there is a lot of um, work that can be done uh, in those terms. Yeah, totally, totally. I think communities in general are, are facing this issue. <laughs> and yeah need to regroup now and understanding how they are going to deal with uh, the new situation the new paradigm and also get to know each other probably there are new uh joiners in each area of communities so yeah yeah um that's there is a challenge also after COVID for communities uh addy uh, what about you probably giving you a, a more uh company or business uh view on what's happening in blockchain in portal um, I mean, P Porto for us, uh, so first of all, we, we started in London in 2015, uh, and London was and still is a big fintech hub uh, for, for obvious reasons, for the historical financial institutions and, and large companies there and so on. Uh, we moved to Porto to, to enlarge our development team, uh, and we found some amazing people, amazing talent, a great place. Uh, we fell in love with the place. We've been there since 2018. We've grown to a team of 65 people so far, uh, and we're increasing at a rate of almost 10 a month. Um, so we're, we're growing very quickly, in particular in and around Porto. Uh, that's where our office is as well. Um, so we find Porto has some 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 great talent uh, and some and, and, and a great place for us to to, to build a company. Uh, so I think with that, um, you know, like all the technology. Uh, adoption 
uh, and industry that's happening in Portugal, you know, it's growing very fast in Portugal and in Porto in particular. Uh, I think this, this, this is just part of it. Yeah. And what is your role also as a company? Are you kind of uh, giving training about blockchain to these new joiners or are they already aware of what is blockchain and they already know how to use it? It's kind of, are you? No, are we've, you yeah, just... we, we, yeah we, we've almost never hired uh, people with blockchain experience. Okay. So, you know, we've been in the space since 2015, uh, building applications. And so we, we, we like to find good problem solvers people with maybe a, a bit of a hacker type mentality. So people who can jump onto problems, can learn very quickly, can adapt, uh, have some really good core skills. In, uh, you know, th those are kind of the, the, the things that we look for more. And then they, they will pick up blockchain very quickly uh, within the company. And we have our, you know, we have our own approach to how we, how we develop blockchain applications, how we see blockchain uh, and different tools that we use. So we prefer to, to teach people ourselves in the company. Yeah. Last learner about people, yeah, makes sense. Okay, uh, so yeah, my next question is about the future of blockchain. What is, where are you thinking that we go with blockchain in the future? Um, yeah, we can start with Miguel. Um, that's a hard question, also, because uh, as I said, uh, um, I don't know. I think everything is going to be um, decentralized, and we will have also many um, applications that we will be using blockchain for that are not yet mainstreamed, like, for instance, uh, curating markets, and that, uh, that, are, uh, that are a form, uh, they are very similar to prediction markets, they, they come from the prediction markets, and, but uh, they, they will be used to curate information. Uh, each time, uh, each year uh, it passes, we, we put more and more and more information online, and that information, it's hardly um, uh, ranking. Uh, we don't have rankings for the best uh, things that we are putting online and people are not. Uh, so I think blockchain will be used for that, uh, will be used for um, whatever in innovators want to put on top of it. And I think um, um, I can give many examples, but... Um, in what areas? I don't know. In what areas are you looking for innovation? Because um, I'm, I'm basically working on, 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 on also on. The, I started to work also on a blockchain project and and making my own company for um, recently. And I think um, well, I came from from filmmaking, uh, and I think for filmmakers it, it has a, a lot of opportunities. Since financing decentralized films, uh, probably in the in five or ten years, uh, cinema will be decentralized, and people can buy little shares of a movie to help and be owners of uh, of uh, a movie that it's done by uh, any future uh, director that didn't start it yet to look at blockchain. So, but uh, this is my area, so it's what I best to talk about but, but yeah but that sounds great and uh, that that i think it would be a, a big change uh in many in many of the way uh, the way that we we arts in general do business and get funds i think um uh, i think yeah blockchain could help with that and then these kind of projects are are pretty uh amazing so yeah thank you thank you for sharing what about you adi uh what blockchain looks like um, 
Yeah, I mean, we've been in the space for a while, and I think blockchain suffers, like many innovations, it suffers from hype cycles. Uh, I mean, it suffers and benefits from hype cycles. So I think um, because it, it is a new technology, it is a transformative technology, uh, it is the most technically efficient way we have today to, to exchange value, right? So any way we have to exchange value digitally, really. Um, you know, it has a lot of promise. But with that comes a lot of hype and a lot of expectation. And sometimes, um, you know, people start reading into it more than it actually is. Right, and they, they and, and they expect it can solve problems that it can't actually solve, right? And so we get this hype, and we get all these fantastic applications, and then and then it, and then it comes crashing down again because actually it doesn't really fulfill a lot of that, and with the overexcitement comes a disappointment, and and we've been through we've been through a few of those cycles already, right? Um, every time we come out of one of those cycles, we come out higher, right? Because with all of the hype, also we have some some yeah, real innovation. Right, and we have some genuine uh, uh, steps forward and more maturing of the infrastructure, and more use cases that have actually stuck. Right, like like the NFTs, for example, and, the, and the decentralized finance. So I, I I don't think it's 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 all going to happen in one go. I think we'll continue to go through these cycles. Right, um, and and I think that's that's natural, but it does move very quickly. Right, innovation in blockchain has been quicker than. Anything I've ever seen in 20, 30 years in the industry. Right? Uh, now, uh, the, the obvious move, move forward is just more and more assets being, being available on the blockchain to transact with the blockchain. Uh, we're, you know, we work on, 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 on a large number of projects, but we also work on our own uh, on platforms that we're developing. Well, we're developing software infrastructure to enable some of this to happen. Right? So in particular, we have a platform called Silent Data, which links data outside the blockchain with applications inside the blockchain. And it does this in a secure way so that the data is kept private, it's never revealed, but we have cryptographic proof that can be verified by the applications on the blockchain. So we do things like, we enable things like checking about people, about companies, about identity, about bank accounts, about all sorts of things that live outside the blockchain, but can be used to drive these applications on the blockchain. That's, that's called silent data. We have another, another application, which is a, a, a token bridge, which allows you to take tokens from uh, one blockchain, for example, Algorand, and move them onto Ethereum or the other way. And we do this in, in the most secure way that we think is possible today. Because um, one of the problems on the, over the blockchain infrastructure is it's, a, a lot of it is still not very secure. People are adding layers and layers on top, and people are starting to use them very quickly because they need them. But there isn't a lot of due diligence. Right? There isn't a lot of maturity. And so you see these crazy things like a, a token bridge where $300 million disappears in one hour. Right? Uh, so there's, the, the space has to mature. Um, the other big thing that we, that we see is just, is just mainstream use and, and governments and, 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 and uh, institutions and how these two worlds have come together. Because what we had is 2015 to 2019, we had large institutions all experimenting with blockchain. But they couldn't, they didn't want to touch the public blockchains or crypto because they thought the regulation was, would prevent them. So they did this in a closed private environment and actually didn't really get very far because, like I said before, it's a group security. And if you haven't got a, a, a big group, it's meaningless. 
So all of that kind of stalled. And then in the background, in the meantime, the crypto world exploded, right? But it exploded with the use of through the use of individuals, right? It didn't really come with companies, right? And so I think the the, the, the business world and the crypto world will will start coming together more closely. Uh, and that's going to be very and, and and governments will obviously want to be interested in making sure that that's not too risky or dangerous or whatever. Uh, and so they'll look to have some level of control or safeguards or whatever it is that they think they need for their citizens. And so I think it's going to be some interesting interactions, and I think it will take time. But I think we're starting to move in that direction. Uh, I think stable coins like Circles USDC are super interesting, and I think they're they're an enabler for that. Uh, we have governments look at looking at central bank digital currencies, so issuing their own. I think that will take years and years in most countries, and so stable coins will probably become widespread long before then, right? And maybe make them redundant, right? Uh, so th these are all super interesting developments. I think DeFi and decentralized finance is, I think, mind-boggling, right? It, it's just uh, you know, if anyone's interested, look into these applications. They're completely autonomous automated systems for providing almost like a mini bank or a mini insurance company with nobody running it, right? It's just crazy and it's crazy efficient. Um, of course, it's very simple. It's like simple Lego blicks right now, but this will, this will begin to evolve more and more. So, so th these are the direction, th these are the different things that are happening. Um, but, you know, I do, we do a lot of work in this space and we didn't predict the explosion of NFTs. We didn't predict the explosion of DeFi, so I'm not going to pretend I can predict the next one. Yeah, but as you said, it's, it's mainly about hypes, and uh, we take we try to take the best from it. But then we we, we they don't they don't stay or they they not not staying, but I don't know they 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 still are a bit fuzzy for the majority of the population, and there are other concepts that kind of are my, more mainstream. I don't know if it's about also tra training. We touch about. Uh, training uh, some minutes ago, and I think, at least from my point of view, I am seeing uh, training uh, for data science, for example, very mainstream. But on blockchain side, uh, I'm just, as you said, most of the people are not trained on that. The knowledge sharing is not huge. We, I think, communities have a role on that, and hopefully, we will start seeing more communities and more active communities. Uh, talking more about that, and that can help to grow uh, these this area. But we need to turn it more mainstream, also in terms of knowledge sharing. Um, and uh, I don't know, yeah. What do you, what do you think that is the role of communities here uh, to to help blockchain applications to, to to turn more mainstream? Not only crypto, but all the other applications that we mentioned. I think uh, communities will be the next uh, big hype because now we have uh, governance tools and uh, we have governance tools in Polkadot and Kuzama, for instance, where when you, when you, when you set up a blockchain, uh, the, the, these governance tools are like modules that uh, come along and you have a common treasury so and people can start to interact. Uh, not only with their friends and with the people that they know, but they can start to interact with the whole world and to get feedback from people all over. And those those institutions, they will be called, they are called decentralized autonomous organizations, DAOs, and people will be building DAOs for 
buying common stuff for uh, people will be building DAOs for um, relating with uh, for for creating groups of relation and of interest among themselves and companies and um, these organizations uh, we, we will be um, um, disrupting existent organizations because they don't they, they can they don't have to rent or to have a, a huge space or they, don't, they can be totally decentralized and totally autonomous this is just to give an example but uh, your question was about the future uh, of um, of communities yeah um, how do you see them helping basically well, communities are in the center of everything because uh, is where every good project borns inside of, of the community. There is not a, a, a huge, important uh, blockchain that doesn't have a, a community of people that are learning, that are helping spreading the word, that uh, are building projects on top of it because uh, we all start as community members. And then we, uh, we, if we spend a lot of time in a community studying it, and as a community member, people usually they they go up and they start to want to implement their own projects. And so, um, communities are not only uh, are central in in many phases of the processes. I believe. Yeah, great. What about you, Adi? What do you think is the role also of communities? Um. First of all, I, I, you know, I've got mixed feelings about um, like in-person and uh, you know, co-located physical communities. You know, you talk about Porto, so I think about okay, that's interesting because it's really about the people that live and work in and around Porto. But then you also have virtual communities, and, and obviously, people certainly in the digital world and in the blockchain world collaborating without anyone, uh, you know, without, without even meeting, right? So I, I met someone in Porto a couple of weeks ago, who works for, for a really interesting company. In fact, he, he was a co-founder of it in the blockchain space. There are 15 people, but he's the only one in Portugal, and he's, he's never met most of the others, right? So you have to think, well, what's, what's the meaning of, you know, what, what sort of communities are we talking about, right? And I, I, I'm all, I've always been a big fan of, of, of in-person meeting and, and actually being in the same space. I love being in the same space as the team. I love it when people come together and the excitement and the energy and I think from a work perspective, I think you can you can just do more, right? You just bounce ideas off each other, you talk more, you 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 communicate more, you you, you feel things beyond just uh, you know through a screen. Uh, and I think that's really that's it's really important for innovation, right? especially if you're doing an innovation-related work. On the other hand, uh, Ethereum was written by a team which wasn't co-located, right? And and I still think it's like one of the greatest engineering software engineering feats. So it's difficult to argue with the results, right? The, the, both models work. So I think you know you're going to have virtual communities, but you're going to have the the, the in person. We have we have an event that we run in in Porto on a regular basis uh, around blockchain, a, a meetup, um, and it's great to meet people there who are interested in blockchain, and we present on some of the subjects uh, that we that, that we're involved in through the work, and also we're bringing in some guest speakers as well. So I think it's, uh, it's, it's important to do that. It's a great way for people to learn. And, and like I said, there's, a, there's an energy about bringing a group together as well. Totally, totally. I totally agree. Okay, uh, so um, I don't know. 
we we also we can also talk i think uh everyone that's interested or in blockchain is also uh probably initially they were started uh in in crypto so uh and digital currency you you touched that Addy. what do you think about crypto miguel i think uh it would be also very interesting to to get your uh opinion on that uh sorry uh i don't know what you mean when you speak about crypto what about crypto, crypto what is your what, you, what is your experience with crypto and and digital currencies and how do you see the future of it and how do you think that this can turn more mainstream or you think that it should not turn more mainstream i think we'll turn more mainstream because people uh when people start to study a bit and try to learn a bit about it they 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 start to get interested about it so but uh, you are you are speaking about in economical terms or in um, because for me blockchain and crypto crypto it's the, it's it's what it's how the information spreads uh, crypto it's information and uh, crypto it's something that goes inside uh, digital networks and uh, and uh, it's um, it's a way um, it's a way how we uh, build uh, incentive incentives for people to. To participate, so and how do we uh, build uh, incentives for people to defend the networks? So um, I'm hardly, I'm, I'm. It's hard to understand uh, the scope of your question. But, uh, please... well, adoption. So I'm taking crypto as adopting what is needed to to people adopt crypto as a payment methods as. Uh, using it in more a mainstream way, not an exchange way only to get financial benefits, but also using it in real life. What is needed to give that step, to do, that step to happen? I think, well, I, I, we could need uh, some kind of regulation from, from governments that helps the, the that, uh, because for instance now, uh, here in Portugal, we are completely outsiders uh, in terms of uh, any kind of le legislation uh, in Europe. Uh, everybody pays taxes, for instance, here in Portugal. The government doesn't need taxes from, from cryptocurrencies and doesn't really have an opinion. So these kinds of situations don't help uh, to build uh, infrastructures for people to have uh, confidence to work. Uh, in order for us to work, we need rules and we need we need better uh, legislation. That's why people go to Switzerland to build uh, foundations that are the, are in the top of the blockchain projects. It's because just the Swiss they have legislation for things. No, if we don't have anything, uh, there is no. Uh, and, but but uh, the, I think the government is taking the opposite position. It's let's not. Uh, uh, do anything because people will come to Portugal because uh, they will not pay taxes, and uh, I I don't think that's the the the, the thing to do. Okay, what about uh, you, Adi? How can we can we create more trustworthiness on, on crypto? I, I mean, first of all, going back to your original question about crypto, I've always seen crypto as a as a subset of of uh, the blockchain space, yeah. right? Rather than being the 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 thing the, the blockchain right so um because for me there's there's blockchain technology and blockchain technology can be used to 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 register and to create assets and one type of asset you can, can create is what we what most people would call crypto which is a natively digital asset um and 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 the kind of coin uh, i i think that uh so you know i, I think this space has been abused 
right? So, and I think some of it makes complete sense, some of it doesn't. Uh, so things like Bitcoin and Ethereum and the, the tokens that are used to power networks, so I, I kind of see them as outsourced infrastructure, right? You're basically, instead of paying Amazon to host your application, you're paying 6,000 Ethereum uh, nodes, node operators, to host your application, right? And so actually the safest way to pay them is to pay them through the native cryptocurrency. And so it has a built-in mechanism for incentives and collecting fees and so on. So I think that's, I think it's genius, right? That, that's obviously how Bitcoin works. And I think that makes complete sense. On the other hand, people have just, uh, you know, created lots of projects, lots of coins. They've used the coins many times just to fundraise rather than because they're actually a fundamental requirement or need in the way the, the application works. And that for me doesn't make a lot of sense, right? That's, uh, that, that's not really uh, what, what it's about, right? Uh, I think if you need a token, then you need a token, right? And the token is, is really the, the only way or the best way to solve decentralization problems. But if you're just writing an application that doesn't really need a token, and you're just using it in order to get money, in order to, 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 to pay your developers, then I'm not sure it's, a, it's really uh, necessarily the, the best way to do it. Um, but also, it just needs to be completely transparent because there's a lot of blurred lines here. People just see blockchain, they think it's growing, they want to, you know, they saw money go up over here, so they want to put money over there. There's a lot of nonsense. I, I, I've, I think some of the biggest projects in the space, some of the highest valued uh, coins, and you can quote me on this, have nothing behind them, no technology, nothing. Right? It's just hype. Uh, and others, I think, are genius and will, become, will be world-changing and, and, and may become potentially thousands of times bigger than they are today. Right? So it's very, very difficult to understand uh, you know, where's the nonsense and where, where's, where's the real value and, and what will come through and so on. So it, this is also when I talk about stablecoins. Like stablecoins are not interesting for crypto investors because it's not a token that's going to go up right? It stays the same price. But actually, you can use it to achieve, uh, or relative to, to, to our, to our government-issued fiat currencies, but actually you can use it to get most of the efficiencies that you would otherwise get with blockchain. So is that interesting? Is it not interesting? Right? Is it, you know, uh, it depends what you're in it for, right? But it could set uh, an example. If we have a, a stable coin and regulated one, uh, it could set an example, uh, create trust, this trustworthiness that sometimes is missing by these bad applications or by yeah, these like... If we, if, if, we want, if we want to have peer-to-peer -peer payments without banks, if we want to be able to onboard people in, in other countries or that have, find it hard to get bank accounts, if we want to build a, a automated logic on top of money, we want digital money where we can pro programmatic, programmatic money, we can we can have that with a stable coin as well, right? It doesn't need to be a, a some other token that somebody invents, right? But there are but but for example, the tokens that power the the blockchains themselves they make sense, right? They're the only way to solve that problem, really, right? Um, uh, if you want to actually decentralize infrastructure, then any other way would 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 probably be more exposed to to corruption uh, and, and to to undermining the security. So, so they make sense, completely make sense in some areas, maybe make less sense in others, but I think we're all learning, we're all experimenting, so it's still, uh, it's, it's, it's still very much work in progress, I think. Great.
I have just one last topic that is, uh, I think it's very interesting also to me, that's NFTs. That was something that popped up uh, in the last year or two, I don't know. Uh, and um, that is, yeah, that is being a, a very interesting space uh, to be in and to see its evolutions. Um, Miguel, you are also in this art space. Where do you think that is good? So how do you think that NFTs or any similar technology related with blockchain in arts is going to evolve and what's going to be the future of it? Do you think, do you think that it's going to continue this path of growing? And uh, what are the other applications that you see um, with, with NFTs and arts in general on the blockchain? Well, that's a big question. Uh, well, people are building uh, metaverses inside NFTs already because uh, you can grab one NFT, you can put it one on top of the other, on top of the other, and build uh, worlds just like that. And so that's uh, that's what uh, some uh, dot technologies of NFTs are are making now. And uh, this is inside art. I think will be used for for distribution of uh, films and music, of course, and which will be used also to own the sh to to where you have a reference of uh, intellectual property uh, inside, and you can sell intellectual property as an NFT. And uh, an NFT basically it's also can be used as a proof of something. If you have a, an NFT in your wallet. You can prove uh, you can you can prove your identity uh, through an F NFT probably. Um, well, but uh, in uh, in art terms, uh, NFTs uh, will be much bigger than art term, than just the uses on art because um, they can as as unique objects uh, they can be used to uh, unique uh, where in all the in all the aspects that we need uh, unique objects for. For keys, for instance, every car key, every every locker, everything will be an NFT. So it's it's uh, it's a huge, huge, um, extensive uh, set of uh, of utilizations that uh, will be used for. Great, great. What about you, Adi? Do you have any? Do you already have any contact with arts in in applied uh, in applied blockchain? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, we we've built some uh, so, some really uh, interesting marketplaces. Um, we built one for 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 one of the top artists uh, in in the world, one of the top phys physical painting artists, modern artists, uh, who was one of the first to experiment in NFTs. Uh, and and has has really had one of the most successful uh, set of uh, launches and campaigns and so on. So we've been involved in in some big NFT work. Uh, we've also um, launched, built and launched uh, a digital art platform with some of the top digital artists as well. Um, and that's that that the platform is growing and growing. And on top of that, we have lots of different uh, NFT art and music uh, and 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 different types of creative industries that we work with. Uh, NFTs, which are which which are um, uh, you know created uh, autonomously on the blockchain, and artists experimenting with lots of different variations, uh, and so on. Um, I think the, the the NFTs really bring two things. Uh, one is they bring uh, liquidity, so people can just buy and sell and trade these things instantly with anyone in the world, and that's something that wasn't there before in the art world. Right, the art world was very slow. It was very physical. It was uh, you know you just didn't have this movement. The artist that we work with, he he would sell a, or, or whose projects we worked on, he would sell um, 
his paintings, he could do a, a sale of a few thousand uh, prints, if you like, and get $20 million in, 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 a, in a week for those sales. But that would be it. Now the same artist has now collected $100 million in sales, right, of which he gets a percentage in, in the weeks that followed, right? So there's, there's repeating revenue for the, for the people creating the content, which wasn't there before. And that's, that's possible through the liquidity, right? Through the fact that everybody can, can exchange and swap and trade these things instantly on the, on the, on, on the blockchain around the world right? with, with very little friction. Um, the other thing we see is, is NFTs for finance, for decentralized finance. Like these are two technologies coming together. Present your NFT. It has proven value on the, on, on the blockchain. Therefore, you can use it as collateral and someone will let you borrow against it. Right? Uh, and you can get insurance for it and, and so on. So, so all of the financial aut automated autonomous financial products then plug into the NFTs. So, so this is super interesting. We're working in particular with real-world assets and, and turning those into NFTs. Um, so I think uh, a lot, uh, obviously huge potential and a huge amount of exploration and work going on, and we're involved in, in, in some of that ourselves. Um, but the other thing I would say is there's still huge gaps. We find it very difficult to understand if an F NFT really came from the artist. Right? Is it real? There's been a crazy amount of fraud in the NFT world. Right? Uh, how do you know the NFT is real? Just because it's, it's, it's technically unique. There can be five technically unique that look the same. Right? They just have a different number on them. How do you know? Or they're signed by a different key, which has a, a different number on it. Right? People assume that the stuff is just secure because it's on a blockchain. Actually, there's a, there's a lot of holes, right? There's a lot of gaps. And that's why we still see a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of you know, fraud and theft and so on. Um, so, so I think there's still a lot of problems that need to be solved. There's, like, there's one class of problems that are solved by the technology, but it also brings with it another class of problems, right? Which people aren't always aware of. So I think there's work to mature the space and to, 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 make all of, to reduce all of these uh, risks as well. Yeah, you're talking a yeah. lot about trust, and I think that's what something that is need to build uh, on blockchain is trust, and we need to figure out ways not only technical. Yeah, the the, the 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 platform itself is has trust built, brings trust, right? It is digital trust. That's what the blockchain is, right? But uh, the the weak the weakness of all these things is is how things come in and out of it, right? So an NFT comes in and it says uh, Banksy on it. How do you know it's really from Banksy? Right? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's 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 the it's the it's the the gateway. It's and and also, you know most of the hacks we've had on uh, on in crypto have been off-chain exchanges, or they've been uh, token bridges, and all these interfaces. The interfaces, the blockchain itself is 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 very secure, right? Bitcoin and Ethereum, you know, they they, they the underlying protocols have, have never been compromised, as far as I know. In you know, in 14 years or however long it's been for Bitcoin, it's it's all the the the, the things that people have built around it and not are not necessarily secure. Totally, totally. Yeah, great. Right. I don't know if you have anything to add. Well, I think uh, people should pay attention. I would invite everybody to come to a meetup and to start looking on the internet for good speakers and try to understand the technology because uh, there's a lot of things that don't come out in the press and uh, at least in Portugal and that, uh, and that uh, I think we need uh, better education and better ways to spread the word 
and better forums where people can can learn and um this would be my i don't know my final words because uh, i see it as a great opportunity for everybody that uh, starts looking at it uh because uh as was said here before uh we are uh, in uh, we are beginning. Uh, we are in the beginning of exploring a new technology that, uh, and this beginning just started yesterday. So it's uh, uh, there's opportunities for everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so I'll wrap up. So thank you very much. This was a very insightful uh, conversation, uh, and I hope that it helps yeah. our audience to have a better understanding of what is blockchain, its applications, its future. So. Hope that uh, at paid off this, this time. Thank you very much, Adi. Thank you very much, Miguel. Uh, and yeah, see you soon.